Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Rowdy Buddhist Podcast. Today, I'm going to focus on actually an interesting book that is commonly referenced in Nietzsche and Buddhism, but yet there are not too many translations that are available. It is concerning a text called The Miraculous Tales of the Lotus Sutra from Ancient Japan. The Daini Honkoku Hokeikyo Kenki of Priest. Chingen. Now, there are not too many translations, and some of the translations are not so good. So what I've done is actually gone through and taken and uh, compiled a new kind of modern uh, translation of these stories. These stories are important because, actually, uh, in understanding uh, Nietzsche and Shonen's writings, they are often quoted. Also, it allows you to understand how the Hokekyo, or uh, known as the Lotus Sutra, was understood and viewed in Japan. Because this is not necessarily uh, that of Nichiren Buddhism. This is a uh, tradition or teaching that had been propagated. Another way that this book is commonly referred to as the Hoke Genki. Uh, which is a 11th century Japanese collection of Buddhist tales and folklore. Uh, this, of course, as I said, was compiled by the monk Chingen, uh, who lived from 10, uh, which was compiled from 1040 to about 1043. In this book, it actually consists of three volumes and 129 chapters. Uh, unfortunately, two of them are actually missing, and the purpose of this writing was intended to promote the Lotus Sutra with important and miraculous tales uh, and events linked to the Sutra. That is why this was a common read uh, for most monks, and often Nichiren Shonen quotes it within his teaching. I'm going to read it in the correct order because actually the monk Chingen organized his tales roughly to make a kind of chronological order from the time or the beginning of Prince Shotoku, uh, which are in chapters that are based on the seven groups of the Buddhist order. These are the Bodhisattvas, monks, uh, male monks, nuns, laymen, and laywomen, and also in com uh, contains animals and uh, non-humans, which we'll see during this work. The, man, the main translation and collection uh, in English that I'm taking this, uh, these stories from was translated by Yoshiko K. Dijkstra. And you may be able, it's a very rare book, but it's hard to find, that was published as The Miraculous Tales of the Lotus Sutra from Ancient Japan. And that, I believe, uh, even with some errors, etc., has uh, the very good translation and also uh, includes very good footnotes. So if you get an opportunity to purchase it, I would recommend, although it's very rare. So therefore, I wanted to share it by reading each of these stories and sharing some commentary on each. One other thing before we continue on to the story, I wanted to talk about the possible origin of this book. In the introduction of the book, the monk Chingen, uh, referred to a now very lost collection of tales by a Chinese monk uh, from Yiji uh, entitled Fahua Yanji. 
which may have been the inspiration for this collection. Um, a lot of scholars suggest that the text referred to may actually be by a Korean monk of the same name uh, in Chinese with his uh, Yojok. Uh, although Chingen may have consulted both in, of course, they had both Chinese and Korean collections to consult, as we see. The tales that are collected here, however, are Japanese only, uh, in which, of course, Chingen uh, noted uh, in the preface, the preface that they are meant for ordinary people rather than priests or monks or scholars. Uh, the Hoke Genki that we're reading incorporates stories and biography from other works, uh, such as the Nihon Ojo uh, Gokuraku-ki, uh, but includes tales that are not actually even found in earlier works. So uh, some of it may have been uh, personally created or um, inspired from other works. However, they weren't actually taken from previous works. So it's a very interesting text uh, because the origin is kind of uh, misty, but yet, this is something, and these stories are commonly referred to uh, concerning practitioners of the Lotus Sutra. Now, it's interesting because of the predating of this, as if you're a Nichiren Buddhist, some of the concepts may seem contradictory, such as the idea that uh, a Lotus Sutra practitioner upon death would go to the Pure Land uh, with Amida Buddha. So these, of course, uh, predate. Uh, Nichiren and Shonen. So therefore, please keep that in mind uh, when you hear the story. This is, of course, for, uh, I believe, further reference uh, for people who are uh, Nichiren and Buddhist and who study Nichiren and Shonen's writings uh, so that you have the context in which Nichiren and Shonen explains his ideas and teachings. So the first story we're actually going to read is about, as we were saying, um, it seems as if it's in a chronological order, is, of course, uh, Prince Shotoku, who you may have heard this name before, uh, is seen as the person upholding and the transmitter of the Buddhist law. So let us begin. Volume 1. Prince Shotoku. Prince Shotoku was the second son of Emperor Toyohi. The imperial consort, the mother of Prince Shotoku, once dreamed that a gilded priest told her that he had vowed to save the people and would be conceived in her. The consort asked who he was, and the priest replied that he was a bodhisattva residing in the West. The consort told the priest that her body was impure and asked him how and why he would remain in her. The priest responded that he would not mind the impurity but just wished to contact a human being. Saying this, the priest leaped into her mouth. The consort woke and felt as if she had swallowed something. Afterwards, she knew that she was pregnant. Eight months passed, and the consort heard a voice talking in her abdomen. When the priest was born, red and yellow lights from the west suddenly illuminated the interior of the palace. The prince spoke well and understood matters concerning people. At that time, Buddhist writings first arrived in Japan as tribute from Kudara. Now, as a side note, uh, Kudara was a Korean kingdom 
which unified the southwestern part of the Korean peninsula in the beginning of the 4th century and played the chief role in introducing uh, the continental culture to Japan. The prince told the emperor that he wished to inspect them. The surprised emperor asked the prince his reason. The prince answered, quote, In my former existence, I lived in Nan Yui, in China for several decades practicing the Buddhist way. At the age of six, the prince was a good-looking boy, releasing a pleasant fragrance from his body. The fragrance impregnated, impregnated the clothing of those who had held the prince and was retained for several months. One day, Nichira came to Japan from Kudara. He released radiance from his body. Nichira saw the prince dressed in old clothes following the other children into a building. He pointed at the prince and said, quote, He is a Buddha. End quote. The surprised prince went away. Nichira took off his shoes and ran. The prince hid and changed his clothes and reappeared to Nichira. Kneeling on the ground, Nichira apologized and said to the prince respectfully, quote, I pay my respects to Kanon and to the king of the small eastern country who transmits the law. End quote. As he spoke, Nichira released a great radiance from his body. The prince, too, emitted, emitted light from his forehead. The prince expound, explained that those about him that Nichira had been his disciple when the prince had lived in China in his previous life. Since Nichira constantly worshipped Niten, his body released radiance. Now, Niten is the Indian deification of the creative power, which was later referred to as Surya, or the sun god, and became one of the twelve devas of esoteric Buddhism. Empress Suiko, and it's important to know Empress Suiko, who lived from 592 to 628, was the consort of the Emperor Bidatsu and the aunt of Prince Shotoku. She appointed him regent in 593. Empress Suiko made Shotoku the crown prince and left everything in his charge. One day, when the prince was paying attention to political affairs, eight persons who had not completed their appeals came and all appealed simultaneously to the prince. The prince understood all the appeals and gave proper answers to each. So the government officials, including the ministers, called him the prince with eight ears. Priest Eiji came from the Koguryo, Prince Eiji was very familiar with both Buddhist and non-Buddhist writings, and especially with commentaries on Buddhist texts. The prince asked Eiji ten questions and understood one hundred responses. The prince reminded Eiji that a character was missing from a phrase in the text of the Lotus Sutra. Eiji said to the prince that the character was also missing from the text in other countries. The prince said, quote, However, I remember that I had a sutra which contained that character. End quote. Where is the sutra? asked the priest. It is in the temple of Hengshan, of the great, great Sui, the smiling prince answered. Soon the prince appointed Ono no 
Imoko among his subjects as ambassador to the great Tang. He gave orders to Imoko, quote, The Hokekyo, which I had in my former existence, is in the Panyo Pagoda of Hengshan. Go there and acquire the sutra. There are also three old priests in the mountain who used to share the law and engage in ascetic practices with me. Take these robes to these three priests. Imoko received this order, crossed the sea, reached Nanyui, met the three old priests and delivered the message from the prince. The joyful old priest immediately told another priest to bring a lacquered casket containing the sutra and gave it to Imoko. Imoko returned with the sutra to the prince, but the prince said, quote, No, this is not the one that I had. End quote. There is a separate hall called the Dream Hall in the prince's palace compound. The prince bathed three times in a month and entered the hall. When, com when commenting on certain sutras and not sure of the meaning, he used to go into the hall. A gilded person always appears from the east and assisted the prince with appropriate meanings. On one occasion, the prince confined himself in the hall for seven days and nights. People became very anxious about him. Priest Eiji told him that the prince had entered a state of meditation and that they need not be frightened. On the eighth morning, the prince showed Eiji a roll on the sutra on his desk and told him, that it was the very sutra which the prince had previously had in China and that the one brought by Imoko in the past year was a copy possessed by his disciple. The prince also explained that he had sent his soul to fetch the sutra from China during his confinement in the hall. The prince showed Eji his sutra and pointed out the character in the sutra which was missing from the copy brought by Imoko. Eji was immensely impressed. After the prince passed away, Prince Yamashiro no Oi kept Prince Shotoku's sutra and worshipped it, worshipped it six times a day. But he found that the sutra was suddenly missing on the night of the 23rd day of the 10th month of the year. Afterwards, the sutra was not recovered. The one presently stored in the Honluji temple is the one brought by Imoko. For the first time in Japan, the prince drafted and instituted the 17 Articles of Constitution, which greatly overjoyed the people. Once, when the empress requested the prince to present lectures on the Shomangyo, for three days the prince dressed in a priestly robe with a subi, which is a staff in the hand, took a seat for a venerable master. After the prince finished his lectures, lotus blossoms a few feet in height fell from the sky. The empress greatly marveled when those flowers were presented on the following morning, and she constructed a temple, the Tachibana temple, where the blossoms had fallen. Again, the empress had the prince give lectures on the Hokekyo, the Lotus Sutra, for seven days and granted him 300 cho of rice fields and Harima province, which were eventually donated to the Horyuji temple. The prince's wife 
was from the Kashiwade clan. One day, the prince said to his wife, quote, You have understood me and have done nothing against my will. I am now close to my end, and I am going to have you buried with me in my grave. For many past decades, until my old age, I have recited the Hokekyo Lotus Sutra, practiced the Buddhist way, became the crown prince of this small country, transmitted the lotus, and propagated the deep meanings of the wonderful law of the one vehicle, which provides salvation for all. For a long time, I have not desired immersion in the five defilements. Hearing this, the princess wept, wetting her sleeves with tears. The prince continued, quote, I am going to pass away tonight. All of my children should leave us alone, end quote. The prince bathed and dressed in new clothes. The princess, too, changed her clothes after bathing and lay down beside the prince. On the following morning, both the prince and the princess did not wake up for a long time. The attendants opened the doors and found that the prince and his wife had already passed away. The prince was 49 years old. At that time, the sky and the earth trembled, and all the people, including the young and old, grieved, as if they had lost their parents and beloved children. Their mourning voices filled the streets. People cried and lamented that the sun and moon could be dark, that the sky and the earth could fall and that they would have nothing on which to rely for a long time thereafter. At the time of burial, both the prince and his consort appeared still alive. They released much fragrance, and their bodies, when lifted, were as light as garments. Hearing of the prince's death, Eiji, the grieving priest of the Koguro, made a vow, quote, the Prince of Japan was truly a great saint. Though I was from a different country, we were all of the same mind. What use would it be for me to live alone hereafter? Eji passed away on the same day. The Prince had three names. Since he listened to and understood the appeals of many voices without missing a word and gave proper judgments respectfully, he was called the Prince with the intelligent ears. His attitudes, manners, and prestige were those of a priest, and he propagated the law to deliver the people by making commentaries on the Shomangyo and the Hokekyo Lotus Sutra. So he was called the sacred, virtuous prince. Since Empress Suiko made him the crown prince and had him live in the southern part of the palace to manage state affairs, he was called the Prince of the Upper Palace. This story is very interesting because it provides a lot of the mythological as well as the traditional aspects of Prince Shotoku's birth and life. According to tradition, tra tradition uh, Shotoku was a poignant regent, as we heard in the story, by Empress Suiko, uh, which was his aunt. Uh, Shotoku is important because he was inspired by the Buddhist teachings. And based on his teachings, especially the Lotus Sutra, he succeeded in establishing a centralized government during his reign. Uh, he's quite known because in 603, he established the 12-level cap rank and system 
at the court, which was, of course, as we see, a ranking system according to the scholarship of each of the per persons. And he also is credited, uh, credited with um, promulgating the 17-article constitution. Now, Prince Shotoku is seen as an arduent Buddhist and is traditionally attributed with the authorship of many uh, important texts, including uh, annotated commenta uh, commentaries on the three sutras, which are the Lotus Sutra, uh, the Vimalakitri Sutra, and the uh, Simahanda Sutra. So, in Nichiren Buddhism, he is quite he has seen that the constitution and his uh, reign was based on the Lotus Sutra specifically, and uh, also this is commonly referred to in Nichiren Shonen's writings. Now, when I mentioned the 17 article, article constitution, um, according to the Nihon Shoki of 720, which actually this is one of the major uh, books used to understand Japanese history. A document was authored by Prince Shotoku in 604, which we referred to, uh, and it was adopted during the reign of Empress Suiko. The emphasis of the doctrine, as you may think, is not so much on the idea of laws uh, by which a state was to be governed, but was seen as which we would think of a modern constitution, but it was actually highly Buddhist and a Confucian document that focused on the morals and virtues that were expected of the government officials uh, and the emperor's subjects to ensure a smooth running of the state uh, where the emperor was to be regarded as the highest authority. Uh, and this is, of course, seen as one of the earliest constitutions of hist in history. Uh, it's important that we see that because this, uh, according to Nichiren Buddhism taught by my teacher, was based on the ethics of the Lotus Sutra. So therefore, uh, believers in the Lotus Sutra believe that the actual government of Japan is based on this teaching and based on the ethics of the Lotus Sutra. So that um, in early Japan, and also you'll see even now, uh, which we even have at our temple, we have and celebrate uh, the memorial service of Prince Shotoku. Uh, also, there are many scrolls and pictures, and in sometimes uh, some temples he is specifically deified uh, in as uh, the great propagator and teacher of Buddhism, uh, one of the main transmitters, because uh, he is seen as one of the main. Uh, influencers uh, in the hierarchical or um, society of the emperors and regents to accept Buddhism because you may not know but at that time there was so much uh, pushback from the original teachings which would you would say Shinto but Shinto is a modern creation but the animism of Japan uh, and the traditional religions and this new foreign influence which as you can see was brought from Korea uh, which is known as Buddhism so therefore, there was there was not so easily accepted, uh, and so this is seen as I believe people use it as a, uh, a way of showing that the you know in history you have to show that this is the correct implementation that this was accepted and that that 
as we can see without the, with, throughout the story, the miraculous events that are, many of the similar events are attributed in many Buddhist sutras with the Buddha, uh, such as the raining of flowers, also uh, upon someone's death, the preservation of their body, which meant that they held no uh, zange or sin or uh, karm, negative karma, that their body was preserved, that their tongue was preserved because what they spoke was the truth. There's a lot of literary devices throughout this actual text, which is interesting. So as you listen through it, uh, this again, like the sutra, uh, with the literary devices are to bring one's attention to the important aspect that now this is the official acceptance of, from the ruling class of Buddhism, uh, as opposed to perhaps the earlier teachings or uh, animistic traditions, etc. throughout Japan. So I hope you take some opportunity and time to study about Prince Shotoku, and uh, even you can read through the 17-article constitution, which is interesting. And this will provide some text, uh, context, uh, perhaps when you are reading some of early Buddhist literature as well as Nichiren Buddhism uh, teachings. Because actually, interesting thing is that even the founders of the great traditions, such as Saicho, the founder of Mount Hiei and Tendai, used the idea that uh, and 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 I say solidified the properness of his ways. That Prince Shotoku is seen as this this person or deity of truth and purity appeared to him in the dream, which was the confirmation that he needed that the his way of accepting the Lotus Sutra, his way of establishing the new precept platform of Mount Hiei was proper. And you'll see this in other teachers, even Shindan Shonen, uh, the founder of Jodo Shinshu, uh, mentions Prince Shotoku. So this is a common theme that you will see amongst all the founders of the different traditions of Buddhism. So again, thank you for your time today. I hope you find this helpful. Namu myoho renge kyo. Thank you.